One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Diane Baker, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Robert Salone, Tony Figueroa, and our guests Ann Serling, Joseph Doherty, and Dan Farron. Ann is the author of As I Knew Him, My Dad, Rod Serling, an intimate portrait of the Emmy Award-winning creator of The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery. Ann Serling also serves on the board of directors of the Rod Serling Memorial Foundation, plus she is also involved with the Rod Serling School of Fine Arts Fifth Dimension program. Joseph Doherty, of course, is the Emmy Award-winning writer, director, and producer of such shows as 30-something, Saving Grace, and Pretty Little Liars, while Dan Farron is one of the producers of Story Salon. And we are talking about Anne's book, As I Knew Him, as well as our favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery. Joe? It's interesting. I mean, the idea that that there's a there's a generation, at least a generation of writers my age, basically, and I, I talked about this basically, our first, our first awareness of there being a thing called a writer was your father as the man who introduced these stories do writers come up to you and do they do they come up to you and tell you how important your dad was to them you know that's been um pretty amazing because since i've written my book i've heard from a lot of people and a lot of them are writers and they say that to me that they became writers because they were so touched by what my dad was doing and uh, my father would be so moved to hear that and, and so humbled because he really, I think, didn't believe that his, well, his quote was he didn't think his writing would stand the test of time. And uh, it, it certainly has, I think, and I'm not the first to say this, I think, you know, in part, in, in great part, because he dealt with social and moral issues that are still uh, so sadly relevant still today, like prejudice and scapegoating and all of that. No, he had a, no, it was, it's interesting, there, I think he represents this incredible mixture of, of stand-up ethics and a tremendous level of craft that he learned because he was writing so much, which is the, which is the two-edged sort of television, you write so much. Uh, my, my nephew, uh, 
was born and raised in Puerto Rico. He spent uh, a summer with his father uh, in Chicago, and one Fourth of July, they had no plans. He was channel surfing, and there was a Twilight Zone marathon on Sci-Fi, and he did not move from that spot for the rest of the Fourth of July. He had never seen these shows before, and I think you know certain bean counters and executives would have said, "Well, somebody his age, who's eighteen, you know, they don't want to see something that was done before he was born. They certainly don't want to see something in black and white." And he did not move from that spot. And my brother joined him and gave him a little background on Rod Serling, and you know, kind of filled in some of the some of the pieces that an eighteen-year-old might not comprehend what was going on. But just the fact that there was, you know commentary and there were things that were said and some were funny and some were a little bit more tragic but he was he did not want to move from that spot he had he thought this was the coolest thing in the world oh, that's great. I think he watched the, the you know at least during the uh, a bulk of the marathon as soon as he discovered it yeah. and if you and if you were I mean if you start there as a writer and you learn that basically it's like I know that's what led me back to his playhouse 90 scripts and some things I mean like I'm a big fan of the velvet alley I think it's beautiful. I think one of the uh, the greatest tributes, and that uh, that can be paid to your father, is oftentimes when people are explaining a certain type of story, they say it's it's kind of like a Rod Serling story. And I think it, it got to the point where his writing was on such a level that um, that some people will find it easier instead of trying to describe the genre or whatever, uh, attach your dad's name to it. And and no one would have been more surprised to hear that I think than my father. I keep going back to, you know, one of the the main reasons uh, you wrote the book is to present your father as a person. Again, for people like us who study him or you you just eat the subject of the Twilight Zone up, Mm -hmm. so to speak, you know, we we just assume, you know, it was was always a classic, it was always good, and that he sort of knew that he was on to something. But it, it is a very human reaction to not know or not be sure whether it's going to connect with people because no one really knows right and and i think a lot of writers are like that you know that they're they're insecure and you know is this going to be successful or is it not is it going to mean anything i don't think he was unique in that at all and yet and yet even though you know he had those foibles that every writer lives through i mean he was he he was he was a pretty well-rounded person you know what he wasn't you know, clashing with network executives. <laughs> Which was pretty constant, I think. Uh, except when he was at the lake. You know, it's interesting. It's like you you talk about this. There are There's more than one main character in a Twilight Zone story who talks about not being important. Who were, you know, it's Jack Klugman's character in Pip. It's the the old professor in Changing of the Guard. There are people who, who, and I think, you know, this kind of runs through his work, is that I'm not sure if what I've done is going to last, but I have to keep doing the best thing I can do. Sometimes he was a little easier on his characters than he was on himself, I guess. Mm. I think that's, that's probably very true. I think you can find that also when I started rewatching some of the of the Twilight Zones on that wonderful uh, first DVD collection, where they would have uh, your father speaking to the um, Sherman Oaks uh, Experimental College or wherever it was out there, and he was quite open about, it. "Oh God, that was awful. Could you believe that?" You know, and I listen to him. I keep wanting to yell at the TV set, "Rod, no, you're wrong. It's wonderful." <laughs> <laughs> very self-deprecating for sure. 
very self-deprecating. Now, we kind of touched on this when, when Joe brought up changing of the guard, and that uh, there's, there are a lot of autobiographical elements, uh, or at least he, you know, he, um, he infused many of the scripts that he wrote with autobiographical elements of the line in, in Praise of Pip that uh, we referenced earlier. Uh, and, the, and the planes are always going to Syracuse, and the buses are always leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or even even the fact that, as dark as he could be, as as cynical as he could be about the human foibles, he was also an una, unapologetic sentimentalist, and he loved the spirit of the Christmas season. I mean, and, and he wrote about that many times, both for the Twilight Zone and in other things that he did. He did, and he actually told a writing class that he had a propensity to to write about nostalgic uh, things, and certainly that's uh, prevalent in you know Walking Distance. I think you know um, a stop at Willoughby, and uh, certainly in the Night Gallery episode, they're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. Um, also very autobiographical. In fact, the character in Tim Riley's bar even lives on Bennett Avenue. Uh, and that's where my dad grew up in Binghamton, New York. And the character was also a paratrooper in World War II. So um, there, there are a lot of similarities to his own life. That's, my me- that's and, sorry, and my memory of reading that script is it's actually quite, it's actually darker than the produced episode is as well. Um, they're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Although I... I um, I would say it's a, a really lovely, lovely script. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful, and I think that was that was that was another Emmy-winning script for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe a lot of a lot of people, both just fans of of Night Gallery in this case, or just critics. I mean, have to, to a person they they consider Tim Riley's Bar to be among the very best things he ever wrote. Mm-hmm. And I was I was telling Ann um, I was telling Ann earlier before we called her. I had a chance to watch. I'd never, I'd, I'd never seen the uncut version before, you know, because I mean, the, the, the problem with, and we, we've, we've had, we've done programs on Night Gallery. The problem yeah. with Night Gallery is, at least before it was released on DVD, it was, it was always, almost always, done in thirty-minute segments. And Tim Riley, I believe, was a forty-five-minute mm-hmm. script, so it got cut up a lot. So I had a ch- in syndication. So I had, ch- you know, through Anna, my mutual friend. Jim Benson, I had a chance to watch the original uncut print, and it's it uh, it holds up. It still holds like 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 virtually everything Rod Serling writes. It holds right. up. Well, well, it's also it's, it's also you kind of have to remember the of of how foolish television looked around those things. And there you've got a show that's doing Tim Riley's Bar or Secret Snow, Silent Snow, and yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen the DVDs of Night Gallery. I'm told they're not the best transfers in the world, but it's a, it's a show that. I know it was a painful experience for your dad, and it continues to be a painful experience for us trying to watch it in an uncut form. Yeah, that that was... Um, I didn't know the names of a lot of people that my father was working with, but I vividly remember him saying uh, the producer of Night Gallery, Jack Laird's name, and I read it in, in the book, through my dad's gritted teeth, because it, it really literally pissed him off that, you know, he wanted to write a show that made comment on something, and... and was meaningful, and I, Jack Laird turned it into this sort of this horror circus, and not at all uh, what my dad no. was trying to say. Of course, 
he didn't have creative control over Night Gallery as he did with Twilight Zone. But there are you're still in the, again the, the Twilight Zone basically is this incredibly rich garden. But Night Gallery sometimes you kind of have to look for the gems. But there's there's Messiah on Mott Street. There's there, there are there are these pieces in there. They're just sometimes they're not surrounded by. Yeah, they're not set as well as the as, as and the I, th- I think one of the wonderful things about just everything your dad did, but especially the Tim Riley Bar episode, is I saw it as a teenager when it first came out, and I said this is really really good. And then when I turned fifty, I saw it again, and I said, oh my god, I get this. <laughs> yeah. I really really get this. I mean, and the fact that uh, uh, something like that can stand that test of time. Uh, is just is absolutely amazing and, and is, is is a great credit to your father. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm a little biased, but I- <laughs> <laughs> you, um, we don't think it's now. Nah, we're all pretty biased here. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common: broken appliances, broken air conditioner, broken down heating system, broken down washer dryer, broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.